So first things first. While Anna's processing her thoughts, she is, like we did the first time, walking out of the testing room, acting like it was super duper hard, which this time it really was. So, um, and as she does, the same as last time, she passes Shelly on the way in. She can't stop her right now, so she just thinks to herself, right, uh, gotta do that. So, um, I guess, like, waiting till, like, the end of the day, like, after all the tests are over or whatever, she, like, catches up to her. Or, like, maybe, like, she comes to catch up to her after, like, she does her, her initiation test. As you kind of, like, catch up to her and find her, after she has completed her test, she seems surprised and then just, oh, hi, um. Hi. Yeah, you're the... Yeah, I'm the I'm the one who ran into you earlier. I'm 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 still sorry about that. Anna. Yes, uh Shelly, right? Yeah. All right. So, um I'm not too good at stuff like this, but uh you're one of the prettiest people I have literally ever seen ever instantly blushing. Do you want to go on a date sometime? Oh. Um, I know this is, like, sudden, because we, like, just met, but, like, yes. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, hey, uh, can I get your number? We can, like, finalize, like, places and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can put, I can put my phone in your number. Oh, Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Cool. I I accept. Put your phone right in my number. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> all right. I'll I'll text you later. Perfect. She uh, t- she like puts her number in beforehand to get back to you and just kind of like you see as like you kind of like I'll text you later and kind of the two of you split. She instantly turns to the person closest to her and just starts talking and it's kind of in a, you can tell like in a nervous tone already. How's the date? Uh, the date I would say is really good. It's really cute. Like, I think they, um, I forget. Are there like, we haven't been on the base in so long. Are there like any, like any restaurants or whatever? I know we have like, I know we have, you know, yeah, there, there's Starbucks, so I'm pretty that, yeah. sure. Is, is there's it, are there... Olive, Olive Starden, Olive Starden, Olive is Star- that anything? I, th- I think I think going to Olive Starden would definitely be the plan, because that's, like, just <laughs> nice enough that, like, it feels like a date, but also, it's cash, because when you're here, you're family. And so, um, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, they go to, they go to Olive Starden, it's just, like, uh, they just spend, like, the whole time getting to know each other. They stay there for like hours, like after dinner, just like talking for the entire time. Like you'd think it was a waffle house. And, um, (laughs) afterwards at, uh, the end of the night, she's like walking her. Uh, I mean like, cause like you can just sort of walk everywhere around the base, walking her back to, um, her quarters and such. And, um, Anna is is beaming from ear to ear. She had a really great night out with a really pretty girl. And 
she turns to her and she says, Hey, I had a really awesome time, and we should totes my goats do this again. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. I, uh, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, we should do this again. All right, cool. Sounds like a plan. And Anna looks at her for a sec, works up the nerve, and she leans in and kisses her. Uh, her eyes shoot wide open for a second in surprise before eventually just going in, and she kisses you back. It's not a long one, but it's very sweet. And then she pulls away and says, See you tomorrow. And heads back to uh, her room. Yeah, you know where I sit at breakfast. Um, we can, yeah. Uh, and then she hurries back to her own room. How do you do school-wise? So Anna, while things have been like wild for a while and we've been away from the whole school thing for forever, still has like her original goal in mind. While Star's original deeds may have been nefarious in secret, she, at least now knowing that like she can have a normal school year, kind of wants to cling to that normalcy of just like going to school, having a girlfriend, having a fit schedule and things like that, and also be working in a program that she feels like can use her skills to the max, I guess, and take that helpfulness out into the galaxy. And so I feel like she like spends a ton of time with Jorg, not only just the fact that Jorg's her favorite professor, but like also he's a very knowledgeable healer guy and she wants to be the absolute best that she can be. Yeah. Uh, I think we see kind of like a montage of like several hours of you and Jorg in labs doing work um learning different species him teaching you how like different races of aliens need different things the the kind of stuff that you already knew but he is only expanding your knowledge on Mm -hmm. i i feel like probably one moment a month in that um sticks out in her mind for her entirety of the time that she spends at star before she's out on missions and things like that uh, as like a regular operative is uh, the goodbye party for Jen and uh, how much fun she had at that and sending off one of her best friends was definitely an emotional moment for her, I'd say. I, I think that party is where we kind of stopped. We zoom out from there and we see like a a short montage of the rest of everything. We see you eventually graduate from Star fairly high up in your class. Oh, yeah. We see this, the work that you put in. We see Shelly become great at what she does. Everything seems to work and blend together. As if it were written to be so. Jin, you have completed the test. 
The simulation is done. What do you do? You have a year of school that you can do. What do you do? You know, I think Jin gives it her best shot for about a month or two. You know, she <laughs> she she really tries. She goes through the motions. She goes to class. She does her homework. But I think the longer she stays, the more this just emptiness in her grows. I think she... She doesn't feel at home there. And she never did before their journey, but now she feels even less at home within these walls, within this school. I I think it's about a month and a half in before you see on your, like, inter-school messenger, whatever, your email, basically, uh, an email from Jorg pop up um i read it he he writes saying i think we need to talk can you come to my office i send a quick sure and then i go to the office jorg is kind of sitting behind his desk his desk is cluttered with papers uh, just as it was before you left on your journey uh, and he looks and says, Jin, right, uh, yes, come on in. Is everything okay? I have not tried to murder any faculty in months. Wait, you don't remember that? I don't know what you're talking about, and I will pretend that I didn't hear it. Yeah, you don't know them, they work at a different school. Alright, sounds fine. Uh, he kind of gestures towards one of the seats in front of him. Um, sit, please. Um, Jin, we need to talk about... Look, I am in charge of the medical practices here, and part of that is not only knowing physical health, but mental health. Okay. Do you feel okay being here? Honestly? No. I just... I know you don't understand this, but a lot happened this past year. And I just... I don't think this is the right place for me to be anymore. And I I love my crew. I love working with them, but I don't think I'm meant to be a captain. I don't think I'm meant to work for the galactic government. He nods and kind of like does that like side to side nod of thinking. And then says, then if it's not right for you, then maybe we can help you find what is. Do you have a spare ship I could use? He he looks kind of shocked and before he says, I'm sure we can figure out something. We cut... 
to a little bit later. We we see like different scenes. Tell tell me what it looks like. Like you withdrawing from Star. What what is this process for you? Oh man, I mean, Jin's not super feely, but it gets kind of emotional for her. Um, she didn't really get to know anyone too well outside of her crew, but I imagine there's. A really, really wonderful goodbye party with corn whiskey and Mega Molly and all the good stuff. I think that they they get together and there's a really good send-off before Jin and Rat and her backpack full of stuff get in a ship to head off. The ship is small. Just big enough for one person. It's big enough to live on for you. The send-off is beautiful. And you find yourself drifting through the stars for quite a while. Obviously stopping for supplies occasionally, but... What what happens? What is what is drifting through the stars do for Jin? What does it look like for Jin? It's a lot, a lot of quiet contemplation. She spends weeks at a time only speaking out loud when Rat gets into something that he shouldn't. Um But she just stares she stares out at the stars and wonders about her friends. She um reflects back on what they'd done and what led her to this moment, all the adventures they went on, the pain, the anger, how much hurt she held on to for so long that now just doesn't have a target, doesn't have doesn't seem to have any reason to exist anymore. And I think after a while she decides to just let it go. And then for the first time she plots a course back to the place where her village used to be. You have a choice to make. What are my choices? Well, it's up to you, mostly. I I mean, in the most basic form, you have two. You can rejoin your friends, and they'll remember you, everything... They could remember you. Everything should go back to where we left off, but you'll be able to start the school year over, complete normal teachers, and no one should be coming to kill you. That's nice to know. <laughs> or you can stay here with me and be one with the stars. Ah. <sighs> I knew that you would have something that could rival 
the other thing I value. Uh, one with the stars. That's all I've dreamt of. As were my friends. I... I am really torn. There are those amongst those I care for who would be better off not remembering me. And they are safe, which was what matters most. But am I willing to give it all up? What would my place be if I go back? And she walks away from him for a moment. She sort of paces the room. Are, are, are her words, like, working now? Like, is it still They delayed? are back to normal, okay. yes. No, she's... Just for for quite some time, her footsteps just are echoing around the room. I I don't know, and I never thought I would say that. When given the choice to be one with the stars, I never thought there'd be any question. But, you know, if I go back, I'll have my friends, and they'll have me for however long we have each other. I know that I'll end up still wanting to chase exactly this, exactly what you're offering to me right now. And I'm content with what I've done. I'm content that they're safe. I I think I think I will stay. Is that your final decision? She looks down at her hand. Which is it still celestial or is it human right now? It is this weird halfway in between point. The The shape of the human is still there and you can see the definite outlines and even the lines on your palm. But it is translucent and star-like in between. She reaches her other hand to her palm and she traces along the lifeline. She traces along the constellations. And she closes her eyes for one more contempla contemplative moment and nods. As, well, as my choice will take me into the stars, I feel there is a way that I can still watch over them and still make sure that they are safe in a way that I might not be allowed to if I'm restricted. I was meant to die in that fight. So this will not change the outcome for me. To them, I'm gone, but I won't be. I can be useful. 
I can maybe understand. I don't know. I don't know what being one with the stars truly entails. But I feel that this is what it was meant to be all along. Tolthheim nods and reaches out his hand and takes yours and says, Rose Wright, come with me. We've never really had a goddess or god of the stars, but perhaps it's time. And he begins to walk, guiding you into this black, inky abyss. And for a second, as you guys step further and further away, the darkness seems to close in before erupting in light. Stars scatter into this blink, inky black abyss. And for a second, the waters below stop rippling. And it looks as though the stars are infinite and eternal. Molly, you finish this simulation. You have defeated the thing that could kill a god. What do you do? Um, Molly just does what she originally set out to do and just goes to school. I love it. I think I... I get the impression that Molly is a delight to have in class. Like That's what every all the teacher, teachers put on, yeah. <laughs> like on the... her marks, just delight to have in class. A, a, a delight to have in class. And do do you have a favorite teacher? I'm a, I'm assuming Jorg, but I don't know. Well, now everybody is kind of different, right? I mean, not they're not all corrupted, so... Yeah, like, I think you, you would notice that anything that made you perceive them as evil before, you don't really notice this time around. Like, there's not any, like, weird energy from them. It's just a genuine person. I honestly forgot what everybody taught. <laughs> and let me go back to the... Um... Where where is it? Uh, yeah. In the player handouts, I believe. Where Maybe. is that? I have everything saved on my computer, but I'm using Miranda's. Yeah. So you have Charles, who was like the head honcho. Mm-hmm. I don't think Martha, she would like him. <laughs> Martha, who was like the linguistics and culture. Okay. I thought teacher. that I thought that Martha was. Um but I didn't want to be stupid. Okay. Because I was thinking she would get along with Martha because of the linguistics. I think you and Martha, now that she's not evil, uh, kind of become close with each other. And uh, she kind of becomes a mentor to you. You know, you're kind of like weirdly acting like sisters with each other. 
at times, like when it's not like her teaching you actively. What what is Martha like? And now that she's not evil, you see, she's like this kind. Uh, she's this uh, kind dwarven woman. She has like a a nice little beard. Uh, it's this like like deep orange color, uh, and her hair matches. She's generally pretty happy. She likes to bake for people. She's like an, a a pleasant older southern woman okay so we're um we're gonna be besties <laughs> i can't really tell <laughs> yeah you guys are gonna be the best of friends as you as you kind of go out through this time and like martha kind of helps you through school uh i mean you're still a pleasure to have in class and but what happens after school did like does do you graduate star is that what happens or do you leave early what what goes on oh no molly she finishes school she gets her degree she she went through too much crap not to you know get that degree it took her a long time and energy to i guess work up the courage to leave gnome home so she's gonna you know stick it through i absolutely love it you you like you're off gnome home you don't want to go back without anything to prove it i after you graduate do you spend some time like away from star or do you kind of want to stick and be near like your new best friend martha what what happens are you are you talking about like the semester breaks what what do i do or after like, like after after um i think molly would kind of bring it up to Martha that, you know, she's interested in helping out um, in whatever way that she could, just at Star Academy. Um, Like if she could be a little guest teacher in some classes. I don't really know how Molly would talk about things because... Mm -hmm. Wait, people don't know exactly what happened, right? Yeah. So now <laughs> Molly has all this knowledge that she can't tell, I guess, Martha and all the other professors how she how she got it. Yeah, I yeah, I totally kind of understand. I, I get that. Uh, I think it's you, you talk to Martha about that kind of like on a Saturday when the two of you are hanging out and. The following Monday, uh, she she texts you and says, uh, uh, can you meet me uh, outside of my office, please? I text back, am I in trouble? She just texts back, no, that's not what's going on. Okay, I'm on my way. Smiley face. As you arrive, you see her and uh, Charles are kind of both sitting in her office, uh, and then as you walk in, uh, Charles kind of stands up and says, Miss Molly, hey, uh, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. How, how about yourself? I'm doing just great, just great. Uh, why don't you go ahead and take a seat? Okay. And uh, he walks around to kind of be behind Martha's desk uh, and sits down and says, Well, Ma- Miss Molly, uh, I do have to be honest, you're probably 
probably my favorite student right now, and uh, it'd be a shame to see you leave Star. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it, honestly. I have an idea. We zoom out on this conversation back and forth uh, between you and Charles and Martha, going back and forth, kind of like talking about this idea that Charles has of making you, Molly, the first ever teacher for a senior level class of what's out there, uh, like the hidden dangers of space travel. Can that be the name of the class? What's out there? Can that be? The, yeah, that can be the name of the class. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Senior level class. What's out there? What's out there? Find out with Molly. What's find out with Molly? Apparently, there's also a podcast within the universe of what's out there. <laughs> find out with Molly. Um um and we see that you teach that class and you quickly become like the class that every junior talks about that they can't wait for their senior year like the class that people actually look forward to doing you become that teacher for the kids and they love you for it i think eventually you start to take over the uh senior year like internships and sending people out to get field work and that becomes more your thing and you become probably the most well-loved and well-known face in the school so this class is is like all about the the creatures that are out there right like yeah the creatures the like uh, I think some of it is also like the different races of aliens. Which ones are you going to get along with the easiest? Like that kind of stuff. Like it's all there. Oh, and we definitely take field trips too. We, I mean, you can't stay in the classroom. We've got to go traveling. Yeah. That's how you get, <laughs> that's how you get the real experience. It's those field trips that they're week long to here, there, and everywhere. Molly, you get to spend the rest of your life teaching and traveling the stars. Mm. You get to spend your life doing exactly what Sherry wanted you to do. Kestro, as you finish this simulation as you have this moment where you along with your crewmates have killed the god killer what do you do i think realizing that it's kind of like set back in time Kestra would first like kind of chill out with everybody, make sure that he still gets that time in and try and figure out, I guess, I'm not sure if we would know exactly what happened to Rose, but we would remember her. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think Kestra would probably wait and chill until like the whole gen leaving. And then around that time would also be like, hey, 
I think I'm going to go check on the monastery. Uh, you got my number. I'll see you soon. Type beat. And I think he would just jump in Fang and fly fly over there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the going away party is fun. There's the, the always welcomed Mega Molly. You see kind of all of your friends gathered around minus Rose, who is somehow gone. But you all still remember her. Um, but there is a moment where you do say goodbye. And as you jump onto Fang, do you go straight to the monastery? Yeah, I think he would just go straight there. Okay. If anything, he's thinking back to seeing the god killer destroy <clears throat> destroy the whole base. So he is at least trying to see it. I completely understand that. As you, and as you fly along, Fang is just exactly like you remember it. Everything is smooth and perfect as you coast along. You get to the point where you see the planet that the that your hideout is on, that you the planet where you and your friends carved out just a little bit of land for you to escape to, and then you dodge and weave through the debris field that guards your home. And it's exactly like you remember it. It is big and beautiful. Everything's in its place. I think Kestra would first, when he first lands, would like go check in on his dads and, you know, check in on everybody. And then be like, well, okay, so I guess everything's just normal. It's just back to what this time was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You see Stormseeker is just in his normal body. He never died. He never had to sacrifice himself. Quake Strider is tending the garden just like usual. Uh, I think there is a little bit of confusion as to why <laughs> you're back. But yeah. they're all but they're thrilled to see you. Yeah, I think Kestro hugs uh Storm Stormseeker and is just like so happy that it's like a physical body. And and Storm's just like what, like sorry, I haven't touched uh, meet you in a while. That sounds what weird. Do you, you don't. You that... don't, never mind. Just don't. Well, nope, don't think about weird. it. That was you weird. wouldn't believe me. Would you accept that? I can work with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think after that though, Kestro goes to Dawnbreaker, and is just like, hey, so. You're not going to believe me, but mm -hmm. I know that you know that I know that you know, you know? Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know you have a, the other part of Fang, and I you don't you can't ask how I know because you won't believe me. I am very curious as to how you know, but okay. Uh, I wanted to take that. You wanted to take it. Yeah, because like it connects to Fang, makes it more powerful. I think that could be pretty cool. Is you mean you want to take it for a test drive? I understand that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of course. As long as you bring it back. Uh, okay. 
I do want to check one thing um, before before I grab that, though. I do need to... Uh, the last time I was here, I didn't remember a spe- uh, constellation being in the in the thing in the thing in my observation room, so I wanted to check that out. So let me do that, and you just throw me the keys. Okay, he reaches down into his desk drawer and throws you the keys. And says, "Yeah, I'm only trusting you because you are probably the best, if not the second best, pilot we have." So, <laughs> yeah, no, say hi to Steve for me. And Kestra runs Wait, off. Wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, I go to the observatory, and I just, I want to look at the scales. As you look into the sky, you see that the scales of the universe are in perfect balance again. I think Kestra laughs to himself and just kind of smiles. And as you look around, all of the constellations are right where they should be everything is familiar again there are no missing stars nothing is out of whack or insane everything feels normal there is one new constellation there's a group of stars in the eastern sky as far as you can look it's three clusters of three stars all lined up And the middle one shines the brightest of them all. Kestro nods and smiles. And then just just runs out. And he's like running and he runs past Stormsea. He's like, hey, I'm a, I'll be back. I'm going to go really fast. And he just keeps running. And he gets... Oh, uh, oh, okay, just, just, just be safe. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Nerd. And then... So gets foil, does the whole connection thing, process, steps back, is like, yes, here we go, okay, and just jumps in. As you go in, Fang and foil combined, it's it's almost like as it flies, it almost like slithers through space. It kind of coils and uncoils on itself, making this propulsion on top of what was already possible with Fang, and it goes faster than you've ever been. And the stars fly past you, and everything seems to be a blur, and there's this weird kind of magnetic feeling all throughout your head, almost as if you were being pulled to somewhere new. And then you stop. Kestro, as you look around, you know you are where you thought you should be. There's planets around you. There are stars around you. And as you kind of like look around and kind of see what all is there, that some of the constellations are still there. And even a few new ones have formed. And as you look around, you see... That something is different about the planets you're around. All of them seem to be desolate around you. Not much is going on on them. A few ships kind of fly in and out, but nothing else. And one looks to be covered in clouds, except for a few 
similar to how Anora had the Sky Resort, you see a few Sky Cities. Kester just like flies down. I think we try and keep a distance from people, but would we'll just try and scout. As you fly over this planet that you've never seen before, uh, you see that these sky cities are fairly trashy, dirty. You see kind of different. Uh, there's a few like seemingly different like sections of town but this seems to be like no one wants to stay on this planet it seems that people come and then they leave it's the ultimate stop and go destination from what you can gather and you see a few different signs how how high up do you stay Mm. i think if if i spotted a sign i would get close enough to read it you get just close enough to read a sign that is broken and tattered, kind of rusted out in a few places, rotting wood, but there are lights pointing at it, and it simply reads, Welcome to Spec." Okay, dope. <laughs> Kestro kind of wants to ask what year it is, but he's just... I don't think he just doesn't know what to do. So I think he just lands, maybe tries to find a spot (laughs) where he can hide the ship. I don't know. Something like that. But I guess just tries to figure out what the, what the hell's going on. You, you're able to land Fang and foil in this kind of like cavern beneath the city uh, with a short kind of climb slash walk up to the top. You, you see what you would expect to see in a rundown city. You see that there are these blocks with potholes kind of dug into the concrete. Multitudes of different types of aliens and races kind of gather together. And you see a sign for a place that seems safe. For a place that seems like a good stop. You see a sign for a tavern called the Morning Breath. Blue, you have now almost undeniably saved the universe. You have finished the simulation... And seemingly all is done. What's next? So after Blue and everybody exits the exits the ship, is it immediate like immediately apparent that it's the first day of school again? And it it is. Um, as you walk out, it's the same group of kids there. You have Malcolm there. Uh, Shelly is standing out there, uh, much to the chagrin of Anna. Um, everything seems to be exactly Tree. where it was. Tree is there. Tree is there. <laughs> so at this point, obviously nobody remembers. So it's like we've developed all these friendships with these people that don't actually know us now. Um so I think Blue gets out of the simulation and runs up and gives Tree a massive hug 
just with no context? Uh, as, as soon as you like make contact, you just oh hi hello and kind of pats your head and so he's trying to be softly but he is a walking talking tree i wouldn't i wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) so you start this school semester again you see the things you've seen before, you've seen the professors, you've taken that same awkward intro to clerical medical work, and Jorg stabs himself in the leg again in front of your eyes. What does school look like for Blue now that everything's restored and kind of back in place? I think there's kind of two kind of feelings within Blue right now. And the first is kind of a sadness that no one will ever know or appreciate all the things that the group went through and all the, you know, all the danger they were in and what they did for the galaxy and, you know, the sacrifice that, that Rose made basically. And so... They're a little sad about that. And then, yeah. um, you know, being both out of school and off their home planet for the first time during their whole adventures, I think Blue kind of realized how much they could be doing, like, out there, like, helping the world heal from what was largely their, you know, kind of damage or that they were involved in. And then yeah. also, you know, how much they won't be doing, you know, training to be space cops at this school. And so I think that's just kind of running through their head as they take their classes and everything. I think maybe they start presenting, you know, Crash and Burn and the other professors with with bigger and bigger ideas for projects and things. And... I don't know. I would assume being met with kind of like a frustrating level of, oh, that's really neat, but not, not having their ideas like take as, taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I. So, I mean, that sounds like it would be frustrating for Blue to be coming up with these ideas and presenting these ideas for them to be met with, I guess, ambivalence at best. That like kind of like, oh, yeah, that's fine, but that's not what we're doing. That kind of notion. Um, How long does that go on? Because I'm sure even like Rust is back for you. Mm -hmm. And that like even that idea of like. You you have like your longest time friend back. You know, what what what's going on that way like how long does that go on for blue yeah i don't know because i think you know it's definitely hard too because this version of rust you know like this timeline's rust didn't go to robot therapy didn't you know get erased and eventually die and so yeah. there's a weird disconnect that blue can't really explain um but they now also kind of understand the um, 
you know, the position that Rust's mental health is in, I think more so than they probably even did when they first got to school, you know? Right, Like, I think they're kind of like, oh, if I fix the... If I fix the tech, then Rust will be fine. Um, and now they're kind of realizing the bigger, like, psychological effects of that trauma that still has to be worked through even after 10 years. And so I think that, you know, probably like a couple weeks into school, um, maybe the days leading up to, um, you know, the, the going away party would be when the wheels start turning in Blue's head and they start formulating um, a a plan for what to do after slash rather than school, whatever they decide. And what's the plan? What 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 is after school? Um, after school would be recovering all the discarded and malfunctioning robots left over from the war um, and doing like a mass robotherapy program and then hopefully recruiting them as you know part of a team to try and fix a lot of the you know post-war issues you know fixing the effects of the bomb to the extent that they can you know Mm mm-hmm uh, the damages caused um, by both the bomb and I assume other collateral damage from the war and uh, also, you know, researching. They're trying to build basically a research team out of these robots to try and help them find, you know, solutions to energy that is not this, you know, volatile thing, uh, solutions mm. to how to not let destruction on this scale happen again. Um, And a more, maybe a more uh, healthy, I guess, kind of blending of tech and magic that leaves space for both rather than harnessing these, um, you know, forces and trying to make them do what you want. What do you call this, like, team slash think tank slash like what is it called hmm that's a good question i think they call they call the group that they put together the uh the reclamation effort the reclamation effort i i love that so much there is so much work done through your efforts blue through you and the reclamation effort, not everything can be fixed. But Blue, because of you, entire worlds that collapsed are helped. Maybe not completely fixed, but they are helped and put on their feet again. Eventually in time, people talk about the reclamation at the they talk about this team as if they are a, a new force to be dealt with. These are the people that we can trust and follow. And your influence changes the world. You changed the galaxy. And 
you know, the whole time they take a greater interest in um, what their parents are actually doing on Anora, and every once in a while just shoot them a text uh, like, so what is it you said you do for work again? <laughs> galaxy goes on in the exact way that it should our heroes our travelers turn into a group of star travelers and notably one of them's stars everything seems to work out fine molly on her field trips goes and visits blue and the reclamation seeing the efforts that they've done and even some of Molly's students go on to join Blue's efforts in reforming these robots and making them work and do the things that need that are needed to make societies rise and societies function. We see Jin travel and even though none of the group ever sees her again, we see that she's happy. We see that... Slowly, she comes in contact with the Reclamation, but not Blue, as the Reclamation slowly helps make Boone a better planet and brings it back to its former glory. Anna becomes the most well-known traveling doctor, along with Shelley. The two of them seem to be an unstoppable force in the world for good. And Kestro, well... He's kind of stuck in the future, isn't he? Everything happens as it needs to, and as it was written. And you know what? It's a pretty good dang story, too. Not gonna lie, we kind of knocked it out of the park this season. Thank you for listening.